Okay. Well, I have. Um, I hope you're ready for this. I have agonised over this talk. It is just. Have I got the? Oh, I have. Thanks, guys. Um, because I, I, I was desperately trying to do a Christmas one. Um, and you know what? I could talk to you all about how incredible it was that angels appeared to shepherds and how that must have freaked them out. And I, I could tell you how incredible it is that God directed people in dreams. And even more amazing is that when Joseph woke up and had that dream, he didn't think it was because he'd eaten cheese before bed, but actually obeyed it and did something about it. Um, so there are so many things that you could say about the Christmas stories. If you want a brilliant Christmas talk, then um, find one online. So... Um, <laughs> Because that's not what I'm talking about today. So um, let's, let's pray. Because um, I'm going to... I mean, I need the Holy Spirit every minute, right? But you, you lot are seriously going to need him. Uh, so <laughs> thank you, God. We love you so much. And actually, all we ever want to do is walk in step with you, enjoy you, and have you enjoy... We know you enjoy us. We want to feel that enjoyment. To walk knowing that enjoyment that we are absolutely hand-picked, that we are chosen, that we're your favourites. Every one of us is your favourite. I don't even know how that works, God, but, and yet it's true. And I thank you, God, that you are always out for our good, our best. Always, always. And God, we ask, I ask that you will speak to me this morning as I speak. Because sometimes I say things that I think, well, that was good. And so, God, I'm really open to what you want to say this morning. Amen. Amen. Um, okay. So, the, uh, the title of the talk is... Uh, what's the time? Hello. Okay, right. I just need to get some idea of pace, because this could be an hour and a half. But it won't be. Don't panic. Don't panic. Don't panic, anybody. Um, if we could have the first slide up, please. It's called A Defeated Foe. Jesus has conquered COVID. Right? Don't worry about reading them. In a perfect world, I would literally go through these one at a time, but the way our slides work, I end up having to put the whole slide up at once or give them like about 80 slides or something. So if you really need to read it, you can read it, but I, I'm going to go through some stuff. So many years ago, maybe 25 years ago, we were staying with uh, some relatives, and she, uh, the lady of the house, was breastfeeding at the time, and I was also sat in the lounge. And she, I got up to leave the lounge, and she said, oh, Chris, can you just change the telly to... And she gave me a channel. I can't remember what the channel was. Irrelevant. And what I did, by instinct, I didn't do as she asked. Instead, I picked up the remote control, and I put it on the arm of the chair where she was sat. And then I walked out. And God said, note that moment, because that's what you're going to spend your life doing. Because what I gave her the opportunity to do was to make her own decision. And I equipped her and empowered her to be able to change the telly for herself. Yes? Are we, do you get what I'm saying? Okay, good. Thank you. Yes, whooping. I'm loving the whooping today. You can come again. Um, and of course, I could have changed the telly for her. But next time she needed the telly, she'd have needed someone to come in and change the telly again. So why not just equip her, right? So the aim of the talk this morning is I am going to do my very best to say nothing that isn't factually correct or fact-checkable because I am tired of so much rhetoric that is around. But I do feel that our job, particularly the job of a pastor, whether you are the five-fold ministry, don't worry about that. Whether you see yourself as a pastor, evangelist, apostle, it doesn't matter. The point is, if we stood up here, 
then the job is not particularly to teach you, but to equip people. The work is to equip. It says, Jesus gave us pastors, prophets, evangelists, etc., to equip the saints, that's you, to do basically to do the stuff, to get out there and bring the kingdom and see God's kingdom rule, reign, and be there. So I'm going to shoot through this slide because the, the next ones are tougher. These are really easy. There is no COVID in heaven, just so you know. Now, I know loads of people are wrestling through COVID stuff at the moment. I could talk to you about cribs and cradles, but most people, whether we like it or not, are talking about Omicron at the moment. That's just what most people seem to be talking about. Omicron, this new deity that has appeared, to whom we must all bow. Um, See, I said I wasn't going to be controversial. I really am. I'm I'm just warning you in advance. If you want to... If you want to, you can just open up your email now and type it as I talk, if you want. And I am warning you that you definitely will be able to get sound bites out of what I say and say, you said that. And I say, yeah, but that's not what I meant. And you know that's not what I meant because embed it in the context and you'll hear what I'm actually saying. So I'm going to do my best to be as non-controversial as possible um, because believe it or not, I don't really like it. But what I do have is a set of values that I think... There has to come a point when. So, COVID, number two, is not of God, and it's not a punishment for sin. So let's get that absolutely clear. We've said it here before. COVID is not from God. It's not of God. He didn't think of it. It's not his plan. It's not his scheme. And it's not, well, you lot, I'm going to smite you, oh, mighty smiter, um, for those that have seen that film. It's not a smite from God. To be honest, it's not in heaven So it shouldn't be on earth. That's not God's plan. If you find it in heaven, then it's God's plan that you should be finding it on earth. If you don't find it in heaven, then it's not God's plan that you should be finding it on earth. There's a simple rule for, is this God's will? Think, would I find this in heaven? Number three, if Jesus were here on earth now, he wouldn't get COVID. Let's make that absolutely cast iron, categorically clear. Jesus would not get COVID. Do you know how I know? Because no sickness ever came anywhere near him. And any sickness that did got utterly crushed in a moment. Yeah, but what Jesus didn't have was he didn't have a deadly airborne disease around at that time. Uh, Leprosy. (laughs) So what Jesus decided to do was hunker down for six weeks because he was fearful for the disciples' lives. So he invited them all into a room. It's somewhere in the Bible. He invited them all into a room and said, we must hide away. There is an airborne disease. I'm just saying. Uh, God is not left scratching his head over COVID. So do not think that God is going, Gabriel, I mean, I'm, I'm out. I'm just like, don't know what to do. Just, oh, didn't see this coming. Jesus, no, 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 don't look at me. Holy Spirit, no, I just do as I'm told. No, no, no way. We said here a few weeks ago, there is nothing that happens on this earth that God hasn't already, already thought of a redemptive plan. Nothing. Has God got a redemptive plan over COVID? Yes, absolutely. He already has the plan. God is not trying to work on plan B. Oh, no, that's not working. Let's try plan C. Lastly, don't misunderstand. 
God is definitely able to use the situation that's going on at the moment, but the don't misunderstand is to think that this therefore means it is from God. God is able to work all things together for good, for good, for good for those who love him. Okay, so God absolutely is able to use it, and I think it's brilliant because one of the things he's been able to do is get consumerism out of the church far quicker than we've been able to for years. Okay, that's that done then. We haven't even got time to talk about that one. Let's go on to slide two. So this is good news. Oh, it's two slides. Hang on a minute. Thank you very much. We are God's solution. So when you look around and say, God, what is your solution for the current pandemic? You are. I'm sorry, say that again. You are. You are, church. You are. You are. We are. We are God's solution for the pandemic. We are God's solution for cancer. We are God's solution for loneliness. The church is God's solution for hopelessness, for depression, for despair. The church is the hope. Not the organisation, but the group of people who walk in step with him, knowing everything God, what God, that God has to offer. So Jesus said, I have given you authority to trample on snakes and scorpions and overcome all the power of the enemy. And effectively, he then passed that on and was talking to us. All the power of the enemy... I appreciate that probably if you dig into the Greek, it will never say except COVID or cancer or a cold or any other C word for an illness. Right now, do I have authority, according to the Bible, do I have authority over COVID? According to the Bible, yes, I do. So do you. That's not even opinion. It's like, that's what it says. And I either have to believe what it says in the Bible or I don't. Well, I don't feel like I've got authority. Ah, that's a different thing. We didn't ask whether we felt like it. There are lots of times I don't feel like I have it. You see here, second one, by Jesus' wounds we were healed. Now that is prophesied, that means spoken of in advance. Back in Isaiah 53 in the Old Testament, by Jesus' stripes you are healed. And then Jesus gets striped. And then, like by his wounds, and then by the time you get to 1 Peter 2, 24, which is right at the end of the Bible, it's by Jesus' stripes, you were healed. It's now past tense, we're looking back. So he's saying, you will be healed by Jesus' stripes, and now you were healed by Jesus' stripes. Yeah, well, I'm sick. Yeah, but the work has been done for us to be well. The work has been done for COVID to do one. The work has been done. Jesus went to the cross, and when he was on the cross, he said, it is finished, apart from COVID. No, he never said that. He said, it is finished. It's done. I've done everything. And I'm about to just go and collect the keys to hell. So the final weapon that the enemy had to be able to threaten people with, I'm about to go and grab the keys. So you could say, Psalm 91, I'm just going to read a bit of it. What's the time? Yeah, yeah, let's go for it. When you sit enthroned under the shadow of Shaddai, God, you are hidden in the strength of God most high. He's the hope that holds me and the stronghold to shelter me, the only God for me and my great confidence. He will rescue you from every hidden trap of the enemy and he will protect you from false accusation and any deadly curse. His massive arms are wrapped around you, protecting you. You can run under his covering of majesty and hide. 
His arms of faithfulness are a shield keeping you from harm. You'll never worry about an attack of demonic forces at night, nor have to fear a spirit of darkness coming against you. Don't fear a thing. Whether by night or by day, demonic danger will not trouble you, nor will the powers of evil launched against you. Even in a time of disaster, when thousands and thousands are being killed, you'll remain unscathed and unharmed. Well, I knew a Christian who died. Absolutely right. Yeah, no, this isn't true. You're right. It's just rubbish. So we, we have this conflict. The Bible says, by Jesus' stripes you were healed. But, well, who's that talking about then? I mean, like, well, it's talking about those who believe. So this is where it gets tricky because the last thing you ever want is to put onto someone, you're not well because you, you haven't got enough faith. Because that is unfair, it is unkind, and it is unfounded. And it works a bit like this. There are some phenomenal pieces of piano playing, and I appreciate that my piano playing ability, compared with Joe Public, is good. I know lots of people who can play it far better than I can, but I appreciate, by general, you know, you find someone in the street, I'm good at the piano. However, there are plenty of pieces I simply cannot play. They're just too blooming hard, and I'm just not good enough at the piano. However, I would argue that there is no piece that I can't play. I just haven't practiced enough yet. There is no piece I can't play. I just haven't practiced enough yet. So in theory, can I play it? Yes. Just give me some time. I'm not quite there yet, but like in theory I could. And I've got, a, I've got even right now, I've got a piece of Chopin like running through my head. Like, how would I play that? Well, I, I've got to dedicate myself to it and practice. That's how faith works. And I think that one of the things, I am so talking to me as well, but one of the things that I think has happened throughout this pandemic is the church has been caught a little bit with its trousers down and shown to just be feeble. And it's really uncomfortable to say that because I'm part of it like, well, you're here today, so that makes you part of it. That God has said, for such a time as this, effectively, like he said to Esther, and God says, I need you to move this boulder. And then we look at our muscles and go, well, that's not going to move that boulder. And God says, yeah, that's because you haven't been training. You haven't been in training. You've been being consumers. You haven't been training. And so there comes a moment when there's something heavy to lift. And suddenly you just realize, I haven't got the muscles to lift this thing. And God's saying, church, COVID, I've given you authority to trample on snakes and scorpions. You know what to do with it. Come on. Oh, God, it's so heavy. I'm so weak. I can't move COVID. Do I feel like that? Yeah, of course I do. So if I'm saying it to anyone, I'm saying it to me. But this is God's answer. This is God's answer. If Jesus were here now and people came to him, it says in the Bible that when people came to him, he healed every disease and sickness. Every disease and sickness. So I have to assume if Jesus, oh my word, walked in here right now, wouldn't that be amazing? If Jesus walked in here right now, 
and anyone in here had COVID and he actually physically walked in as a person, no one would leave with COVID who came to him and wanted to be ill. I, ha- I have to assume that from what we see in the Bible. And Jesus said, you'll do all the things I did and greater. So he didn't give us authority only over some things. He even gave us authority to be able to forgive sins. Like, well, that's massive. And uncomfortable and an incredible responsibility and all those other things. Yeah, yeah, I won't say that bit. Okay. So, John, it'll come back up, maybe. I've appointed you to go and bear fruit, fruit that will last, he says. And I said at the bottom there, and these signs will accompany those who believe. In my name, it doesn't say these signs will accompany the church. It says these signs will accompany those who believe. That's uncomfortable. In my name, they will drive out demons. They will speak in new tongues, pick up snakes with their hands. Okay, random. And when they drink deadly poison, it will not hurt them at all. They will place their hands on people who are ill and they will stay exactly the same. Oh, sorry, and they will get well. Well, I prayed for this person and they died. So are we saying then, well, the Bible just simply isn't true? Or are we saying, I've I've got some muscles I need to grow? Because in the same way as I couldn't play a particular piece of Chopin that's running through my head, that's because I need to work at it. I can't put someone who's never really played the piano before and put them in front and say, can you play this? No. Of course I can't play that. I've literally hardly ever, I barely know where middle C is. It's the one in front of your belly button. Oh, okay, great. You know, that's what you teach kids when they first start. Well, they're not going to be able to go from belly button to, I was going to say Moonlight Sonata, that's actually relatively easy. But okay, it's still fairly hard. Because you've got to work at it. We've all got to work at it. And I can't really say what are the hard things for you because it's according to your faith. But what I can't do is I can't deny what the Bible says to make it more comfortable for us. And it's uncomfortable for me too. I'm a pastor. This is my, I'm supposed to be professional at this. I know. That wasn't even meant to be funny. So, <laughs> so thing is, you do know, we do know, right, that you can have money in the bank and still live as a pauper. And basically, we have got all the money in the bank that we ever need. God said, Jesus said rather, I want you to go and do likewise. So he gave us the mandate to go and do everything that he'd been doing. He gave us that mandate, yeah, but I've got sin. No, you haven't got sin anymore. Jesus took the sin. Well, I haven't got the authority. Yes, you have, because he gave you the authority. Well, yeah, but he had the Holy Spirit. So have we. There is literally, that's why Jesus would not say, go and do what I did, and then say, but I'm going to handicap you and not give you any of the things that I had. Well, he was the son of God. So are we. Because if you said yes, we're adopted into his family and are co-heirs with Jesus. So we can keep trying to get out of it. And it's uncomfortable for me. But we can keep trying to get out of it. But I can't avoid what it says in the Bible. This is who he says we are. So building the muscle. What can we do to build the muscle? Stop believing everything you're hearing. Okay, this is like, number one, I cannot say this clearly enough. When in the Bible, in, I think it's Corinthians, 
We are described as ambassadors. I've talked about it here before. If you're an ambassador of a country, you, go, you are in another country, and that embassy is like home soil. Okay? And so you are like in, I'll call it enemy territory. It's not necessarily an enemy, but you know what I mean. You're in a foreign land. Because actually, you belong to there, but you've been put there. That's exactly what everyone is who said yes to Jesus. We belong there, but we've been put here. Here. And what happens is, as people who are following Jesus, sometimes called Christians, as people who are following Jesus, what happens is, we believe, not so much the Bible, as BBC News. Well, it's the BBC. It's the BBC, so I mean, it must be true. We have a thing in our house where one of my daughters, I won't shame her and say which one it is, but says, did you know such and such and such and such? And Nick and I at the same time go, was that on TikTok? <laughs> yeah, but it doesn't mean it's not true. No, but it doesn't mean it is either. And honestly, I mean this really, really kindly to people. If you honestly think that the BBC is impartial, I don't know what planet you're living on. Because they're not impartial. At the very best, news is biased. And at the worst, it's censored. And like, we've got to wake up. Like, come on. Wake up. We're in enemy territory. We've got a job to do. You only have to pick up this book and read to the end and see that things are going to get way worse. Way worse. And so we need to be willing. We need to be willing to see where we stand, and we've got to stop believing everything we're hearing. It doesn't mean, oh, Chris says the BBC are rubbish. I didn't say that. I don't mean everything is factually incorrect. I don't mean that. But we've got to stop just simply taking that at face value and going, well, that's the truth. What do you mean that's the truth? Well, BBC are fact-checked. Yeah, but they're only potentially giving you one side or a bit of it or whatever. And the same with Sky News. The same with most of these. And actually, you need to fact-check the stuff you're being told. You need to fact-check it. Don't bother with Google. Sorry, for the benefit of the camera, consider other search engines beyond Google. Because, of course, those results are to some degree, let's call them filtered. As well. Chris, you're sounding like a conspiracy theorist. No, I'm in enemy territory with a job to be done. There is the, 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 the church, the world is wanting the church effectively to be shut down. The enemy does. Not individuals, not your neighbour four doors up. I don't mean that. Our battle is not against flesh and blood, but against rulers and principalities. 2 Corinthians 10 makes it absolutely clear. And one of the things the enemy would love to do is get the church shut down. If it can't get it shut down, it will get it cowering in a corner. So the news I've said is at best biased and at worst censored. Look for trusted scientific viewpoints and consider changing your search browser. And actually look up stuff. Next one, stop repeating everything you're hearing. Oh, have you heard they've said, I'm sorry, who? Is this the same they that say it's going to be a freezing winter? <laughs> Those ones, oh, they say it's going to be a boiling summer. Oh, is it? Are they the same they? Basically, what you mean is, you read it on a meme on Facebook. This is my most controversial moment of the day, and you must not mishear that I am saying, 
don't wear a face mask. I am not saying that. You wearing a face mask is your decision. But I will say, can people please stop saying I wear a mask because I care? And I'm going to tell you why. Because first of all, what most people who actually put that up really mean is, I care, you don't. That's actually what most people mean. And what I want to say to the people who are putting that up is, can you please give me your scientific, evidence-based reason for putting that up? Well, last time I had surgery, the surgeon wore a mask. Yes, he did. Absolutely. Or yes, she did. But that doesn't mean that's a different type of mask in an entirely different context. I am not saying don't wear masks. I'm saying look up the evidence before you basically suggest people who don't wear one aren't caring. I can read this out to you if you like. Despite recommending their use in most indoor public places, the World Health Organization, haven't even got time to go there, said... At present, there is only limited and inconsistent scientific evidence to support the effectiveness of masking of healthy people in the community to prevent infection with respiratory viruses, including COVID. The WHO highlights a large randomised community-based trial in Denmark with over 4,000 healthy participants that found no difference in infection with COVID between those who were medical surgical masks and those who didn't. But you're right, we wear a mask because we care. I'm not even saying don't wear a mask. I'm not saying do wear a mask. I'm saying if you're supposed to be wearing a mask, well, wear a mask. But I am saying let's not become high and mighty over stuff that we haven't checked up because it's just not godly. It's not the way Jesus is. And so if you want to put that kind of thing, then please find the evidence and then put the evidence there to support it, rather than just, oh yeah, that's a good meme, yeah, share. All those selfish people walking down the road not wearing a mask. You have no idea what's going on with that person out there who's not wearing a mask. Maybe they are actually considering suicide because they feel so detached from other people. Maybe. And am I angry? Yeah, I'm really angry over it. I'm not angry with you. I'm angry that the enemy has basically got us all doing this. Like that. The enemy's like, brilliant, I'll cut people off. I'll take their legs out and I'll cut them off. Does that mean we shouldn't wear masks? I'm not commenting on whether you should be wearing a mask. I'm commenting on putting stuff on Facebook, repeating everything we hear, and not actually just going and checking it. That's what I'm commenting on. Okay, we got past that one. That's the hardest one. Um... Another thing we need to stop doing is we've got to find God's truth and anchor ourselves in that. What does the Bible say? So I appreciate there is a nervousness to say, well, he who dwells in the shelter of the Most High will rest in the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, he is my refuge and my fortress, my God in whom I trust. He will save you from the foulest snare and from the deadly pestilence. Psalm 91, NIV. And then you get it. And people go, yeah, I knew it wasn't true. The thing is, according to our faith, it's given us. It's according to our faith. It's up to us to build those muscles. It's true. It's true that I can play probably any piece on the piano, but I just can't right now because I've got a bit of practice to do. A lot of practice, in truth. In truth. 
And so you find what that truth is, the Bible says, and then meditate on that day and night. Put that in your mouth. Put your phone down. Get off your news. How can BBC News or any other news channel, any other news outlet, how can they bring you the hope of God? They can't. They won't. They, they, it's like, they, it, how are they going to do that? So we need to just keep being anchored in the word, anchored in what God says. It doesn't mean that we don't read the news, but it means which one is the louder voice in our heads. I've said spend time with people who will help reinforce God's truth. Now, this doesn't mean become polarised and never listen to the other side. But basically, if everyone around you is all going, oh, Omicron, like that, find some new friends. Because you become like the people you spend time with. That was God's design for community. You become like the people you spend time with. It doesn't mean isolate yourselves, but you might have to limit some of the Omicron people. And just make sure the balance in your life is you've only got a couple of them. And the rest of them will be like, yeah, but what does God say? How about I pray for you every day? I've had people who said, well, it's coming to my family. Well, it's inevitable. I'm going to get it. Why is it inevitable you're going to get it? What? Well, since where does it say that? Anywhere in the Bible. Why is God saying, well, sorry. I mean, I tried, but... It just doesn't say that. And this is the church. This is the hope of the world. And we're saying, well, it's inevitable. It's coming to my house. I'm going to get it. How about catch some healing and go and spread that instead? Masked or not, it's up to you. And lastly, I've said, it's really important that we stay in a position of what I've called loving well. It's so easy to become critical of people who don't have the same opinion. And instead, just love well. If you see someone without a mask or whatever, like, so what? You can still love them well. If you see them with a mask, love them well. If you see someone completely believing that vaccines rock, love them well. If you see someone that thinks vaccines are of Satan, you can just still love them well. Like, just love people and only have opinions over those things for which you have responsibility over. If you haven't got responsibility over it, save your opinion for something else. I know I'm having to be really blunt. It's because I'm a little bit short on time. So I'm just going for it today. So here are some practicals. This is about to come. Oh, hang on, I'll do it. Look at that, some practicals. I'm going to do my very best to answer these. We really just want to tackle these things. Should you get the vaccination slash booster or not? Here's my answer. It is your decision. That's my answer. And I am going to love you, whatever decision you make. And I am going to trust that you are not going to believe everything that the BBC says or believe everything that Sky News says. Or, dare I say it, and I am about to say it, I'm not saying don't believe what's in the British Medical Journal, but for every single thing you read, you've got to look at who's paying the bills. So I am not saying the British Medical Journal is an amazing piece of literature. And, you know, it's incredible. But always also look at who's paying the bills. That's all I'm saying. So should you get a vaccination? I don't know. What you need to do is, first of all, very first thing... Deal with your own fear. 
We've got to deal with our own fear. When you're in a state of panic and fear, you cannot make godly, wise, decent decisions because you're being driven by fear, not led by God's spirit. I feel it in myself. I get it. I feel it. I sometimes feel like fear is trying and it's trying to get to me. I'm like, I'm not having it. I cannot make decisions when I'm in fear. So the first thing we need to do is stop being in fear. We need to try somehow, God, just help me with my fear. Please help me to anchor myself in what you say, God, in what you say. That's where I want to be positioned, God. And then go and find out some scientific evidence. Don't say, well, I'm pro-vaccine, so I'm going to go and find out all the pro-vaccine things. Actually go and look at the not-so-pro-vaccine. Read that as well. And read, the, like, read, read it all from decent sources and then effectively have all the pieces of paper on your desk or wherever, on a table, before God and say, God, Spirit, just help me with this. I want to make a decision that honours you. Do I believe that there is a possibility that there is an A right decision? Absolutely. I don't know what the right decision is because I can't speak for you. I can't speak for you. Some people would say, I've got faith. For a, a while, I lived without, with only the legal requirement for insurances in my life. That's not, that's not a brag or anything, but I felt so faith-filled, I thought, I don't, I don't need other insurances. I'm honestly really just trusting in God. I never inflicted that on anyone else. I never trumpet-blasted it. But it, that's where I felt I was at and was able to do that. Right now... As it happens, I have some other insurances, including life insurance, probably good after today. Um, (laughs) Next, please, anyway. Um, Okay. Um, So the point is, you've got to deal, you've got to deal with, we've got to deal with our own hearts first. Then go and find out scientific evidence, weigh them before God, and then make your own decision. You've got to make your own decision before God. For some people, it might be, yes, I'm going to have it. For some people, it might be, actually, no, I'm not going to have it. Is one right and one wrong? No. No, absolutely not. Absolutely not. Hardly anyone particularly knows whether I have or haven't because I'm not really interested in broadcasting it because it just people will then miss the point. Well, Chris has or Chris hasn't, so... And the same for Nick. Because it's not the point. So should I wear a mask? If so, where? I can't tell you that. When you're supposed to legally wear one, that's up to you. If you feel impaired by wearing one, then legally, you don't have to wear one. I'm not telling you whether to wear one or not to wear one. That's not my place to tell you. That's up to you to come before God. Read the scientific evidence around masks. I think the person who said, it's like throwing some marbles at some scaffolding trying to stop particles getting through was probably, they probably had a really dodgy mask, probably needs to slightly improve their mask. But anyway, what are the long-term impacts for people from trying to communicate with people where they can't actually see their faces? What are the long-term impacts of us breathing back in the stuff that our body design was supposed to be breathed out? We don't know that stuff yet. I'm not saying don't wear one. I'm really honestly not saying that. I'm saying there is so much that is utterly unknown. I think it would be fair to say that the injection, because I can't probably use the right word, 
has probably got some side effects that are probably, if I were a government, I'd probably be, squeeze those down a bit. Why? Well, because we need everyone vaccinated. Undoubtedly, there are going to be side effects. I know someone, literally know someone, know a person who's had such a strong reaction that they're paralysed. Some days, other days, they're blind, etc. And they've been told, don't worry, within two years you'll be fine. Now, I'm not saying this person is actually, they, got, they felt they wanted to get the vaccination and they felt absolutely fine about getting it. And they still are not saying people shouldn't get the vaccine. And this person knows Jesus. But what they are saying is, read up and make your own decision before God. That's what they're saying. Well, I got the vaccine because I care. We have no idea what us having the vaccine is doing to other people. Do you know why? Because no one's really researching it. Because the people who generally pay for medical research are the drug companies. This isn't even opinion. This is just fact. Why are the drug companies going to research into why their drug might be making some people not feel as good as they're supposed to be? Why would they? There's no incentive in that. So this isn't like conspiracy theory. This is to say, God is saying, church, come on, wake up and smell the coffee. It doesn't mean disbelieve everything. It just means weigh everything before God rather than just blindly saying yes, 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 yes to everything. So it's tricky stuff. So I can't tell you, yes, you should get a vaccine, you should, yes, you could get a booster, nor would I ever dream of saying to you, no, you shouldn't, no, you shouldn't. All I would say to you is, please go away, find evidence credibly from all different opinions, and then bring it before God and say, Holy Spirit, I want to be led by you, not driven by anything else. Help me make the right decision. And then do you know what? That decision becomes your decision. You don't have to tell anyone. It's your private business. It's absolutely your private business. What about coming to church and what about singing? (laughs) Uh, Yeah, tricky. Um, Okay, so this is interesting. Uh, I'm not quite going to close with this. It's all right, it's Nick on kids upstairs, so she'll give me some grace. Um, So (laughs) this is a slightly tricky one. Because I think there may be a time coming when COVID passports or vaccination passports, to be more precise, could be mandated that you have to have one to be able to get into church. I've read the end of the book. This stuff's coming down the pipe, right? Where do you stand on that? I mean, the easy thing is just, just comply, right? And that's okay. I'm not saying don't comply, but if you're going to keep complying with everything the government ever asked us to do, then you A, need to read Revelation, and B, you need to read a book on nudge theory. We're being nudged. 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 Oh, look. Wow, I started off over there. Yeah. If anyone had ever told you to go from there to there in one go, you'd have gone, no. But instead, you get nudged and you get nudged, and you get nudged, etc. So you get nudged along. So I'm in the interesting position at the moment where I'm considering, well, how much of a stand would I be willing to take? Because actually, I don't think there should be any requirements on anyone being able to come into a place and worship God. 
and I think that people do ask me this, this particular question. At what, point, at what point do you say no? And the answer is this, and it's still going to come partly down to your decision, the point at which what you're being asked to do by anyone else, let alone government, the point at which you're being asked to do something that contradicts what God's will is. That's the point at which you say, I'm really sorry, government, but my God comes higher. I can't tell you what that decision and that answer is for you. I wouldn't dream of telling you. I don't know how many times I've said this this morning, but I'm going to just keep saying it in the two minutes I've got left. It's a tricky decision. Would I be willing to actually go to prison over saying COVID passports to get into church over my dead body? Not having it. Would I be willing to go to prison over it? Would you? Oh, I'm just going to lie low for a few weeks. Sure, I, I wouldn't judge you in any way. I don't, I don't want to necess, necessarily be arrested. or I don't want that. But this is real stuff. This is like proper stuff. And I could have talked to you all about some lowing cattle and the baby awake and didn't even cry. But actually, this is the stuff that's on most people's hearts and minds at the moment. And I look to see, is the church rising up and providing hope? And most of the time I look and I think, I don't really think it is. I think most of the time the church are hiding away like everyone else because I don't want to give anything to my relatives. I'm not even criticising that. I'm just saying, that doesn't sound like what Jesus did. And I recognise it in myself. You know, we're all in a... We're all in our own place on this. So if I've just trodden on some toes, well, put them in cold water or something, I don't know. But like, I'm not having a go at anyone. I'm saying, we're the flipping church. Like, Jesus look at, looking around going, okay, we need a solution. We've got a solution to this pandemic. We've got a solution for cancer. We've got a solution for all these things. And it's my church. Where's my church? Oh, we've, we've stopped meeting for a while. We just want to, yeah, no, we just, yeah. And you might say, well, I'm really offended by that. Okay. In that case, sorry, you have no option but to forgive me because it's commanded. And, um, <laughs> and basically take it to God. I'm not even criticizing. I'm just saying I recognize it in myself. At what point is it wisdom to step back? And at what point is it mandated by God to say, for goodness sake, church, step in. I've given you everything you need for life and godliness through my precious promises. 1 Peter 2 or wherever that is, 2 Peter 1, somewhere up around there. I've given you everything you need. Stop hiding. What, are you saying we should go to everything? I'm not telling you what you should do. I am saying that Jesus is saying, come on, bride. Come on, bride. Come on, stop hiding away. You have nothing to fear. The Bible says 365 times, allegedly, I've never checked. You can fact check that one if you want. I've never checked. 365 times, do not fear. Do not fear. Do not fear. Don't fear. Don't be afraid. There's no need to be afraid. Don't fear. Don't fear. Don't fear. Don't fear. And he's not just saying it for the sake of it. Oh, listen, don't be... Oh, hun, don't be afraid. He's going, there's no need to be afraid. Like, why would you be afraid? Have you seen the size of God just over your shoulder? He's like massive. And he's on your side. And he says, you touch my boy. You touch my daughter and you watch what happens. 
So anyway, away in a, just keep it Christmassy. And lastly, um, oh, oh no, not that one. Is that me? Can we have the last slide up, please? Thank you, that one. This isn't even massively related, but I heard this this week. Um, I actually heard the bloke say it, so that was okay. Mark Batterson, um, who leads National Community Church, well, is the founding pastor, says this, we're not trying to get back to normal, we're trying to get back to the supernatural. That's what we're trying to get back to. And I love that that is what God is doing in his church. So let's stand. I'm going to quickly pray for you. We've massively overrun. I said to Chris I would try and be quick. Okay. First of all, God, if I have said anything that has caused offence, that like it's because of anything of my stuff, then God, I'm really sorry to you. And I apologise to anyone who I have offended because it's my stuff. But God, if it's your stuff, then double it. (laughs) Pester people with it. Pester me with it. Pester my heart with it. Don't let me get away from it. I don't want to look godly when I'm actually being fearful. I don't want to look brave when I'm actually just being bolshy. Help us, Lord, to have the tools that we need to be able to love well and to be able to bring hope to a world that is in dire need of it. And God, I thank you for every medical person out there who is busting their backside to be able to do their very best to help people. And we pray for our NHS. We pray actually, yes, for our government and for our leaders who, whatever we think of them, they're having to make a whole bunch of really tricky decisions. So we pray for them too, God, that they would have wisdom. And we pray, God, that as a church, we would always be supportive of these people that you have placed there to help lead us. And we wouldn't be slating them and criticising them, but we'd actually just be praying for them. And I thank you, God, and I pray that we would become a people who take hope out there. That we don't get infected with sickness, but we go and infect the world with hope and healing. Because that's what you ask of us. Thank you, God. Amen. Thanks for listening to our podcast today, and we hope you enjoyed it. For more information, visit ashfordvineyard.org or maybe drop into something if you're nearby. In the meantime, have a great week and know just how loved you are.